0: Did you ever go to school hungry? Did you not get breakfast? That important, vital first meal of the day to help you work, play, and grow? Well, today's guest realized that it was an issue, and he decided to do something about it. He turned it into a business, and now that business makes sure that kids don't go to school hungry. What a legend. Welcome back to another episode of the Open for Business podcast. My name's Anthony Murphy. This is episode 15, and I hope you're pumped because this is a big show today, guys. First of all, how are you? 2016 is ticking along quite nicely. I hope it's treating you well so far. Have you ticked any goals off? Have you kept any of those New Year's resolutions? I hope so. I hope you're cruising through January, ticking goals off the list. Now, if you want to share what you're up to, guys, would love to know what you're all about. Uh, whatever you're up to, whether it's a business, whether it's a venture, whether it's just a project at home, would love to know what you're about. You can leave a comment in the show notes. You can hit me up on Twitter. You can even send us an email. If you want to be featured on the Open for Business podcast, that would be awesome. You can jump on the show. You can have your story shared around the world. Just send me an email, anthony at openforbusiness.net.au. We'd love to hear from you. So before we launch into this week's interview, I just want to say thanks to everybody who is commenting and interacting and sharing their snaps via Snapchat. Uh, As many of you would know, I've been using Snapchat a fair bit lately. If you haven't added me, you should. Check it out. Um, And if you have a business where you have an audience of the age range between say 13 to 27, even 30, 35 maybe, um, it is definitely a platform that you should check out and see if it fits your business. It's personal, it's intimate, you're sharing awesome little short 10 second videos, it's definitely worth checking out for your business if your target audience is in that younger generation age range, which open for business is, And uh, it's really starting to pay off. Connecting with people all around the world, loving the interaction, loving the snaps. Check it out. If you want to add me, you can simply use the username Anthony G. Murphy and uh, we'll be snapping away in no time. All right, time to introduce this week's guest, which this week is brought to you by Enterprising Partnerships. Enterprising Partnerships has been founded by Frank Wyatt and Linda Ford, who currently live in Melbourne, Australia, and they're, they've founded Enterprising Partnerships to provide solutions for business, industry, and community, and EP, Enterprising Partnerships, runs a program called Getting Down to Business. They're very focused on helping young people, young business people, young entrepreneurs, helping them to gain the knowledge to grow their business. And this Getting Down to Business program, which they offer each year, is a Victorian government initiative. It's funded by the Victorian government and it's delivered by Enterprising Partnerships to support youth enterprise. So I really do encourage you to uh, check out Enterprising Partnerships. All the links will be in this week's show notes, or you can just find them at enterprisingpartnerships.com. Dot com.au. And um really excited to be working alongside EP. Um, Frank has been uh, a great help in um, helping me with Open for Business. Um, Frank has uh, put me in touch with today's guest. And uh, that is why the uh, episode today is brought to you by Enterprising Partnerships. Awesome, awesome, awesome program that uh, you should definitely check out. Really do... Um, want you to be able to get the most out of your ideas if you want to start a business if you want to get building if you want to do something that you're passionate about and uh, you want some help you need some guidance I thoroughly do recommend that you check out EP and um, all the details as I said will be in the show notes all right Let's get into today's interview. Super pumped, it was an awesome interview. I hit, When I finished recording this interview, I was stoked. It was so good talking to this guy, and uh, I know you're gonna love the interview as well. Now, t- Skype gave us a little bit of trouble, so please do bear with us. It's a little bit patchy in some places, But uh, it does get better towards the end, and it's definitely worth sticking with it and listening to the entire interview, because um, Lyndon Galea is here to talk to us about his business, which is called Eat Up. Now, Lyndon realized a couple of years ago that a high number of kids, children, were going to school on an empty stomach. They weren't getting breakfast for any number of reasons, and... I'm sure if you uh, remember the feeling of not of being really hungry and not have had anything to eat, it really drags you down and it makes the day so much harder. So even uh, if this has affected you in your school years, you'll definitely be able to uh, resonate with this story. And um, Lyndon has built an amazing business doing something that is, it, it really is a feel good story. He's really doing something to help young kids and um, I'm going to let him tell the story. Hope you enjoy the interview, and we will catch you on the other side. Lyndon Galia from Eat Up, thanks very much for joining us on Open for Business.
1: Uh, thanks very much for having me, Anthony. I really appreciate it.
0: Uh, sweet mate, looking forward to having a chat to uh, to yourself tonight because, uh, letting all the listeners know, uh, Lyndon is from or well, was born in Shepparton. He's a Shep boy, and that's uh, uh, Open for Business HQ is. So it's pretty awesome having a local on the show. Um, and the first question that I love to ask all my guests, mate, is what did you always want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, probably Batman was probably the earliest
0: thing I could remember. No, no, nice choice, um, nice choice.
1: Of course, yeah, it always starts with that, right? Yeah. And then I just always loved sports, so any sort of athlete, I played a lot of footy and soccer. Um, gee, that, they were probably the main ones. And then I guess someone who just is sort of in control of what they do and, and doing something that they love and, and sort of able to live live freely and, and do what they're passionate about so that's what I'm, I'm trying to sort of do and live by now and unfortunately um, yeah the Batman plan didn't didn't quite work out but who knows maybe one day
0: Mate, it, um, it could but... be just around the corner you never know <laughs> don't write me off yet <laughs> that's it um, so tell us a little bit about what uh, what you sort of like to get up to and what you're passionate about um, sort of in between that leaving school period and um, and founding start up basically
1: mm. yeah so we what I what I first left uni for, I was probably just restless and impatient as much as anything, and just really wanted to get out there and and give something a shot. Like I was I was really I was just didn't want to work in hypotheticals anymore of sort of assignments or projects. Dived in there and give something a shot, and I wasn't scared or worried about it, it failing. I just really wanted to try something that had stakes to it. So we started a, a magazine actually around Shepherd.
0: Ooh, I've lost you, mate. Lyndon, come back. Hey, any better? <laughs> How's that? You got me. Oh, good old any Scott. Good? Yeah, no, that's better. You're back now. Uh, sorry about that, mate. No, that's all right. Don't stress. You were telling us about uh, a magazine. Yeah, so we started X Magazine in Shepparton, and and
1: the idea around that, and it sprouted very much from being down here in Melbourne and seeing you know the huge amount of sort of creative culture there is, and and outlets there are for young people to share their work and. I knew like a lot of talented people back home in Shep photographers designers and writers and they just didn't really have the same outlets I guess to share their work with the, the local community and and we thought you know let's let's start something ourselves rather than rather than sort of whinging and, and moaning about it and and that's really how X was born so it's simply a, a local outlet for young people to sort of share their talents and showcase their ideas with the wider community and um and that began to grow a little bit so that that sort of experience, I guess, of growing up in the country was uh, one that was shared by other. Guys. We soon started another outlet in Aubrey-Wodonga that was purely made by Aubrey-Wodonga locals and its own unique outlet. And then from there, we also got another in Geelong on the surf coast and another one in Bendigo eventually. And um, they, they went really well. Like, we were so lucky to have so many great creative talents led those, um, and it was a really strong mag. So we, we released 25 editions and, and got the support of Bendigo Bank, um, and ultimately, like, it, I still feel um, guilt about XMAG is because I think creatively those guys were so talented and so good and, and it was kind of my responsibility from the, the business side to try and really turn it into a, a big, legitimate, you know, it was really our dream for it to be a full-time role for, for many of us, son, and I just didn't have quite have the nows and know how to, to get the sales and, and really build a good, legitimate base for us all to, to grow from. So... Um that was, that was sort of the first borrowing in the business. I only really feel like it, it, it probably never fully stopped, like we didn't decide, okay, that's it. It was just it was really difficult for us to sort of source the funding to be able to print the next one, and it, it's just been longer and longer between issues. So hopefully there may be a reincarnation for it one day, but, but as it stands, it, it's been about 18 months yeah, um, okay. since any additions.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it, uh, it can come back in the future because, I mean, that's exactly one of the reasons why, um, I've started this podcast and started Open for Business is, is creating that sort of, uh, that community and that, that meetup sort of aspect for people, um, in, in rural areas. It's, it's not as easy to get to all the regular meetups and all the events and stuff that happen in the capital cities. So yeah, look, um, hopefully, uh, that mag can definitely come back because that's, uh, that's definitely something that would, uh, be awesome in regional areas.
1: Uh, we'd love it. We'd love it to come back. So whether it's in a, a digital format or, or, or some other realm, like we'd, we'd, we'd definitely love to do it. Like there's so many great local stories and, and people out there doing incredible things. So to be able to share that and, and even now, like just the, the networks, and it's probably similar, like you said, with the podcast, like you get the opportunity to interview sort of all these, these different um, interesting people and get the chance to just sort of sit down and have an open chat with them and, and build these networks. And and the mag was, was very much my outlet to do that and, and still – in touch with so many of those people and able to work with them in, in different ways that you didn't first envisage when you just sort of sat down for a chat for an interview, but they they seem to sort of grow and sprout into other opportunities that you don't first expect.
0: Well, you never know. Xmag could uh, could end up taking on founder magazine or something like that in the future. Who knows? <laughs> Come <laughs> for him, Yep, exactly. Hey, so um, tell us a little bit about Eat Up. What's the uh, what's the story there?
1: Well, Eat Up. It's it's essentially what it does. It provide a free and healthy meal for disadvantaged primary school kids who would otherwise go without. And uh, that very much started what well, did start in Shepparton. And, and it really came like I, I love Shep, I love the country. I, I'm really passionate about my hometown and where I grew up. And I just think it's an awesome place. And um, I, I, I know sort of the, the disadvantage and some of the, the, the bad issues around Shepparton are well documented. But I, I always knew it to just be an amazing place and somewhere I was so thankful to grow up. Yeah. Um. I always wanted to try and contribute positively some way because my experience growing up, I was I had a really great childhood and and was was really lucky. And a lot of the difficulties that sort of people around me faced locally, I, I didn't have to to deal with. And to be honest, I always felt a little bit of guilt about that, and 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 wanted to to help if I ever could one day. And I was just a a young man and never had any sort of great finances behind me. But um, one one day I was in. Uh, March 2013, I was I was reading the Shepparton News, the local paper. Yep. And there was an article in there about local primary school kids uh, who were going without lunch regularly, and um, I knew I knew some of the issues around Shepparton, but just this just really struck me hard, and and it just didn't feel like an issue that it just felt like something that was for another place that was dealing with far greater disadvantage, and it it just really struck me as something that Shepherd is such a great food hub, it, it seemed like that was an easy solution and, and I just wanted to do something about it essentially. So we started simply by making sandwiches and, and lunches in, in my kitchen at home with some some family and mates and, and um, Lisa McKenzie, who was the head of the community fund in the Golden Valley at the time, Yep, she knew the, the principals and I, I spoke to her and said, listen, if, if we just make these sandwiches at home, is, is that gonna help at all? Will the, the teachers be able to take them? Are the principals gonna let us? Mm. Um, and she said, well, well let's, let's see. So she knew those principles there, and we went down and we sat with them, and, and um, luckily for us, they, they said yes. So it, it all started really quickly. It was only a matter of two weeks from when that article first appeared that we're in the schools delivering them, and I think that momentum has really continued and, and built today. So that was, that was the, the origins of, of Eat Up, and it's certainly um, grown and changed a little bit since then, but that's how we, uh, we first started.
0: Oh, that's excellent, mate. Did you did you realise was it sort of an issue? Like you went to school in Shep, so did you notice it, or did you realise was an issue while you were at school, or was it only afterwards?
1: Probably more so afterwards. Like I, I remember when, as soon as I read the article, there were certain memories that I'd, I'd sort of never really thought about since, but they sort of struck me. I remember breakfast clubs at my primary schools in uh, in Shep, and I remember at the time like just thinking that was like a, a social club sort of thing for kids yeah. who got there early to yep. hang out and, and, and eat. And, and it's, I feel kind of silly that I thought that for so long, but at, but now when you sort of see the issues of food security and, and how many young kids it affects, so yeah. the statistics are massive. So there's there's three kids in every Australian or in the average Australian classroom that will be arriving at school hungry. So
0: Yeah, it's incredible, um, isn't it? it?
1: It really is massive. And it, it wasn't until we started that I, I started to research a little bit more and, and find out like about what is you know very much a hidden issue and and it, it um it's only until you sort of We'll read about it, it, it. You open it up and see hey, what a big deal it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, it, it is like I mean, I didn't even realize that statistic myself. Like, one in every three kids is going to school hungry. And when you think about it from the aspect of, you know, we're always being told that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Like, that's that's a huge setback for for kids. Like, you, you're going to school to learn and grow and all that sort of stuff. And if you're missing out on the most important meal of the day, you're getting there hungry. It it affects it, it affect their school level and and their day like tremendously so um actually having um a program like eat up um, come along would be a, a massive help to so many of these kids
1: you're right you're right and the stats sorry i may have said it wrong before it's it's one in eight kids so i'm yep. still hungry and that equates to three three kids out of every average australian classroom yeah
0: 24 right or, sorry yeah that that's right
1: um but it is a significant number no doubt and 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 uh, we're really grateful that now Eat Up has sort of built a model that's able to sort of try and uh, address that. So where how it's sort of evolved now to how it how it is now. So we're not no longer making them in our, our kitchens at home, but we were lucky enough to meet up with Shepherd and Foodshare. So it all everything started back home in Shepherd. and uh food share is I guess like a a channel or a, a an offshoot of uh food bank. And food back, what they are is essentially like almost think of them as big supermarkets for charities. So, yep. charities can go there and source food that is, is free for them to use. So, straight away, we're we'll able to source uh, free breads, spreads for our sandwiches, butter, cheese, muesli bars, fruit. Um, so, great produce, good lunches and recess. Um, and then the next step, again, back home, Chef, was with uh, Go Tape. And initially we started using their kitchens because we just felt it would, would be better to prepare the sandwiches in a in a certified space and yes yeah, that was um, professional setting yep and then uh, well, Graham who, who's the head of uh, the, the cooking program there mm-hmm. mentioned um, you know that he thought it was great what we're doing and, and he'd really love to get the students involved so that was the the next sort of key prime of, of the eat up model and we'd have 10 to 15 apprentice chefs so kids that are passionate about cooking that they're, they're really really Skilled, um, the 15 kids, they can make 300 sandwiches in uh, in under 30 minutes. So they've they've got some, wow. some serious pace about them, and certainly left me for dead when it comes to, to making the sandwiches. So that was <laughs> the second keep up.
0: Yep, awesome. and then
1: the third is how we sort of how we've now gotten this scale. So we're um, supporting 18 schools right now is um, the schools will actually freeze the sandwiches. So the key points about that is it allows teachers to have control and reliability of exactly what's there. Yep. And it allows us to sort of grow and scale. And, and really the teachers are one of the key groups who wanted to help too because, of course, it's really difficult for the kids to be able to concentrate and perform the best and essentially fulfil their potential at school. But but previous, the stories we'd hear from, from teachers were that daily, the teachers were spending their own money at the cafes across the road, they were giving them their own lunches from their own sort of bags, um, or yeah. sort of making them a daily, every day. So you know these teachers would sometimes spend fifty hundred dollars a week in, in, in sort of spending these kids who were coming to school without lunch. So we're really yeah. um, happy that it can help to sort of ease some of that sort of stress. Yeah, look, and that's on, that's and a fantastic
0: too. effort on on behalf of the teachers too, doing that. Like that's uh, that's no uh, small feat either. So
1: oh, you're right, man. Like it's it's the teaching is no doubt in my eyes are the most. Uh, noble, essential profession. Like every every teacher we've met, they just they've all got this really inherent um, feeling of, of of responsibility and wanting to help and nurture the kids in the classroom. So uh, they're they're the ones that will sort of identify and give the lunches directly to the kids. And they all do that slightly differently, depending on the um, what they feel is sort of the, the best the best way to sort of pass it on to the kid and identify them. So they're they're yeah. definitely a key part of of what eat up is
0: no that's fantastic so let's let's take it back to the start you've realized you read the article and you realised there was an issue there and you really wanted to do something about it how did you go about um finding out about places like food bank and and getting people on board to to help you um did you just make phone calls or what was that process there to get things started well,
1: Lisa McKenzie, who who I mentioned earlier from the Community Fund, uh, she's no longer there, but she's still working in. Uh, she actually works for the Lighthouse Project in Shepparton now, which is a, an education project for children around Shepparton. Yep. Um. But she had such great networks locally, so really, it, it, was, it was very much thanks to her. I, I I simply went to her with this desire and want to help, and how we started, and and when we could see that it was it was going to be an ongoing and perpetual. Concern for a lot of these families, and, and in turn, we had to sort of develop a sustainable way to help. Um, and she, she sort of helped to break down the model and said, Listen, uh, she was involved really with starting Shepherd and Food Share. She was a key part of that. So she said, Let's go and speak to Russell there. And, um, and then sort of she, she knew uh, Ross as well. So, yeah, very much the, the origins of that sort of model are, are really very thanks to, to Lisa. Yeah, no. That's... So she had those contacts. Like I could, I could do it, but having her to be able to call them directly and and give me the opportunity to sit down with them really started. Like I don't know, I'm probably doubtful if if I had a simply cold called one of the principals at the schools as a as a young guy that yeah. they would have. Yep. You know, One sat down with me, and two said, "Okay, yep, bring these sandwiches in." So, yeah. Um, having Lisa with me gave me this sort of confidence and and credibility, and and, and I think you know if if that wasn't there. Who knows? I, we may not be. We may not have even gotten beyond that, that sort of first life, Who knows?
0: Mm. No, and that's an awesome point too for, for anybody that, uh, that has an idea or wants to do something similar to what you've done. I mean, in, in, and in anything really, if, if you can, if you know a person that can help you or that's got contacts or you can do a bit of networking and even if, even if your idea is a really big one or you don't think you can handle it, it's about just talking to different people. Just find out what's out there, what's available, who's, who's happy to help. And, um, yeah, look. Eat up started because because you did exactly that. So I think that's a a key thing for people to take away too is just to uh, to talk to people about your idea, talk to people about what you want to do and and see who's there to help. So No
1: doubt, no doubt, yes. It's so important and and that's I really think we're we're at an advantage in the country where as as a young kid, these smaller communities where everyone knows each other and the, the higher Profile people, I guess, are, are more prominent and everyone sort of knows everyone some way or another.
0: Yeah, exactly. As a young
1: guy, you can, you can, young person, you can get the opportunity to, to speak to these people and have a chat to them and, and they can really connect you and accelerate any idea or, or, um, project that you have. And I was, I was actually listening to a, a podcast recently about, like, they mentioned the importance of mentors and, and about, uh, how, how key it is to position yourself. Mm-hmm. Like they use this. I use this analogy of um, Wayne Gretzky, who's like an all-time high scorer and, and amazing ice hockey player. And that yeah. saying one of his quotes was was that you know he wasn't the fastest, he was powerful, but he'd he'd score all these goals, and he put it down to his ability to position himself in the right places to take advantage of these opportunities.
0: Yeah, and I think excellent. that
1: in many ways sort of comes back to back to finding the right mentors and being in the right spot at the right time and be able to assess. Uh, where the areas are that you need to, to sort of get to that next stage and who can help you sort of get there. So oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah, that really struck me when I heard it.
0: Yeah, nice. Love that. What podcast was that on?
1: Ooh, uh, it was um a guy called Travis Jones, who I met recently, who, who runs a, a company called Results Based Training. So he, he so it's Wayne Gretzky's quote, but he, it was um, actually another guy from Shep who runs a podcast called the, the PT Profit Podcast. It might have been on that one. So awesome. um, it's, it's, it's for personal trainers about growing their business. But I met this guy, Travis, and um, like he's grown his, his company just from uh, like a couple of gyms to just heaps now. And he's, he's taken international and a really inspiring guy. So I was just kind of tuned um, I, I into it a little bit because uh, how guy runs it was from Shep. So I was, I was really loving that. And, and then this guy, Travis, was, was a bit of a stud too. So I um, listened to that and, and definitely took a lot from it.
0: Oh, that's another podcast I'll have to check out. <laughs> the the yeah, list keeps listen, growing, mate. Good.
1: Yeah, man, you need, need more time in the car. That, that's definitely a good thing of, of having to commute from you know, Shep to Melbourne or Bendigo to Melbourne, Shep to Bendigo, so
0: yeah, plenty of it. podcasts. That's it. I've got a 45-minute drive to work each way, so uh, I get to fit in a few shows, uh, yeah? which is good, yeah.
1: <laughs> what are some of your favorites?
0: Oh, look, uh, Open for Business is a really good one. Um, <laughs> it's... <Yeah. laughs> I, sure it uh, is, one of my favorites too? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. No, look, um I do I love uh small business big marketing with Tim Reid. Um he's he's from Melbourne as well. It's an awesome podcast. That was the first one that I sort yep. of fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, I heard
1: you mention him in actually one of the the past episodes. Yeah, exactly. That's right. He's like a mentor of yours.
0: Bit of a, bit of a, he's an unofficial mentor. He's a bit of my, my, my unofficial podcasting mentor. So, yeah, no, it's good. And, um, oh, no, other podcasts, you've got, um, Smart Passive Income. Um, there's Amy Porterfield's one. Um, there's, oh, there's so many of them. I love Gary Vee's podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, there's heaps. There's heaps. It's, uh, I love the fact that you can pretty much, Um, search for podcasts on any topic or anything that you're interested in and there'll be something that'll come up so they're pretty awesome
1: yeah no you're right i love them i love
0: awesome what about um so for eat up what about uh while we're on the topic of podcasts what about marketing or or social or advertising is there anything from from that side of the business it's going to be a little bit different obviously because you're targeting schools and the like but how do you go about growing eat up what's the plan there
1: well, as, as far as finding the schools to help, like we get to work together with Food Bank, who's, um, who's one of our key partners, and they've got a lot of statistics and data that essentially ranks the schools on a need basis of, of how in need they are. And essentially, um, they can find the most in need schools and allow us to identify them with their help. Um, so, so that's helped us to find the schools. And as when it comes to essentially like what you think of me signing the schools up, that's really quick, so it's not necessarily it's not, it's not like a hard sell at all. It's it's really a matter of we can show what we do works and, and have them try. It really grows quite quickly. So more in eat up regard, it's been even us trying to test the operational model and sure we've got the capacity to be able to service it and then approach that many schools and then maybe pull the ropes back and say okay let's let's get another TAFE involved because so now we're, we're 18 schools. Now we we simply replicate that food bank TAFE school model in multiple areas. So we've got sort of four schools in Sheppard and six in Bendigo um, and eight in Melbourne. So we, we just get stepping in and copying it. And, and also down in Melbourne, what's really key in the capital city is we work with Oz Harvest. So they're a food waste chain. and have got a fleet of refrigerated vans, So they handle our logistics and the drop-offs here. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that that's key to that. But as, as far as the sales go to school, it's, it's, it's quite, quite a, uh, Quite simple. They're they're all they're certainly all, all for it if they if they need that sort of help. Um, from a, a public point of view, which is certainly something that's become um, more important for us as, as we look to grow and, and like I've really got hope now that we can take eat up. That that's my that's my big goal. Um, the short term goal is for us to try and grow from eighteen schools to fifty before the, the close of term two this year, um, which is an ambitious goal. But we've we've always been really uh, Ambitious with how we've gone about it up, and, and so far it's worked. So we really want to yeah. be a grandfather, I guess, in the, in the target, and and really be optimistic in what we can achieve, and but then work hard to do and achieve it. So 50 schools is our short-term goal. Um, but as far as that big national goal goes, all of uh, food banks national, TAFE for the largest tertiary provider in Australia, there's over a thousand TAFE outlets right around the country. Yep. And of course the schools are, and also star too. So. We want to engage with these partners as close as we can and then simply almost look at it as a franchise model we'll keep replicating and, and building on that. So that's certainly a bigger goal. And to do that, we sort of need this public support. So we're lucky we've got a, a, a story and a cause that really resonates with people, and that's sort of young kids going hungry. But, um, so we've got to be able to communicate that through the right channel. So we've started to now, and it's just at this beginning right now, really, like where EDAR's, when it first began, it never I never really thought about anything. It was beyond sharing. It was simply those first two schools that were um, detailed in the paper. Yep. Um, but now we've got to reach, reach more people to try and sort of get behind us and help to support us to grow it. So the channels in which we do that and, and we think sort of video content is really powerful, we've started trying to try and liaise with sort of branding design and communication agencies to uh, help to support us to share this message in the best ways. Um, we've actually started to work, which is really lucky. Like just starting now. Do, do you know her, Have you heard of Frank Body before?
0: Yes. They, yes.
1: They, they are, Yeah. They copy body scraps.
0: That's it. That's the so one. So
1: incredible. That's them. Incredible company. So all, of the internet web sales, massive on Instagram, um, and I think they're going to turn over twenty million this year. And I think they've only been around for like two and a half years. So yeah, they're, they're yeah. very very savvy. at sort of growing a, a digital. Digital by business, and that's almost how we eat up in public fundraising and in the web is going to be our way to communicate with people to get behind us. So um, we're actually meeting with them a week to sort of sit down and see, okay, how do we go about this? And the people behind Frank originally and still run like a writing and content agency, which is so writing content for websites and and articles. So the guy years ago, like before, when XMAG was around, the the folks wrote an article in Xmag, so that's that's a bit of a reference to how those um, odd, odd uh, interviews that you, you think of back then can some um, can come back and, and really help you now in those contexts. Um, and the other half of, of Frank is involved in like a design and, and a branding agency, so where we sort of told them what we want to do and, and just how much we admired what they'd done with Frank and how we, we really sort of would love to um get those same sort of smarts into it eat up and help us there so
0: yeah dude. again we're probably sort
1: of networks and outsourced like who's who's best at it? like i'm i'm certainly not an expert so we've tried to go to okay who's, who's done this really well how can we learn from them how can we sort of try and draw some of the expertise into our our business and um and build it up or our not-for-profits and, yeah. and get behind it so, yeah, that would be be my advice: is, is seek out who you admire, or just you don't even have to necessarily sit down and speak with them, but look at what you really love and try to identify the reasons why, what makes it unique, what makes it different, and, um, and try and hit on those points.
0: Yeah, no, excellent point, and and uh, it, it's obvious, like like Frank Body, they they do what they do really well, so. I mean, yeah. Even just just watching what they do, learning, looking at how they uh, they produce their content and where they share their content, and it's uh, yeah, lots of lessons you can learn just by uh, just by checking them out and having a good look around. Absolutely, no doubt. Um. So, what about um? Can you tell us if you had any any failures along the way? Any points that didn't go quite exactly the way you wanted it to? Have you got any stories that you can tell us there?
1: Well, Eat Up so far has been been strong, so we're, we're, we're lucky and we're thankful for that. But certainly I mentioned X Magazine earlier and I, I was also involved with a, a music festival we did in, did in Shep and um, we, we lost a bit of money on that as well. So mate, mate, I, you've, I've certainly, you've done everything. <laughs> you really have. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's been good and, and I've always been attracted to doing something you like and having a shot at it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've probably been admittedly, man, like the past three or four years a little bit hesitant and tepid and, and a couple of these things haven't worked out. So I've maybe been a little bit shy, but, but lately I've, I've tried to be a little bit more confident and, and just give these things a shot. I, yeah. I usually find that gets the best results. Even if it does trip up like Xmag, like we, we, we went along and it, there was many good points about it, but I, I felt my shortcomings from a business standpoint in regards to sales and general, like getting the magazine out on time. So deadlines, Although any of the mistakes would come back to my own shortcomings. So I felt a lot of responsibility about that. And, and ultimately that that didn't turn into a bigger full-time thing. That was that was my my goal. So yeah. we didn't achieve that. And and then the music festival, that was uh, in Sheppard and too, so you notice the theme certainly with that. Um but it was it was so much fun and we learned so much. And we put like it was a it was a big risk, no doubt. I, I did it with a, a friend of mine from Shepherd and uh Jamie Lee. Who's really really talented? Sort of holds a lot of music events now. Um, works works a lot with uh, does incredible things with young people locally. Like she's she's a real community leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a shot at. It. I think then we were 24 and, and 23, and we got uh, Angus and Julia Stone to headline it. That was the year they won um, the Triple J Hottest 100 Mate. for Big Jet Plane. Well done. Um, so it was, it was good, man. Like we we're really 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 hard to get to get them. Yeah. Um, and then. On the day was was all going really well. Like we knew coming up to the, the the main day, like we were just maybe short on ticket sales. Like we were really relying on a lot of these walk ups. But the whole time along, people were saying, "It's all right, it's all right." Sheppard's got this really big walk up on the day. Culture, you, you're looking good right now. You're yeah, in a good spot. Yep. it's going to be good. And then uh, on the day, because it went from midday till about ten at night, the the weather day started. Man, it was it was beautiful sunny day. I was so happy getting up just to see blue skies. Um, and it was actually hot, like really hot. And then by two or three, it was in March, so these black storm clouds just came over <laughs> and just this massive deluge. We had like an inch of rain in about 20 minutes, this huge winds. Oh, no. And um, it, the, 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 the showgrounds of that, they put all this new drainage in there now, so it's really good now. But at the time, all this water just pooled and there were these massive puddles and the sound equipment was was sort of damaged and it was just not a day like if people were going to come on the day we'd be like no we're staying inside
0: yeah today it's
1: it's, uh it's chaos out there so we ended up um each of us being in in sort of a bit of debt after that like we but it wasn't like we we knew it was always going to be hard to to turn a profit um but yeah we, we we were so close and so that was that was we learned a lot of lessons from that like and the the next year we wanted to do it again and 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 that was probably where even more of the lessons came from i think um Mm. because we we got a lot of our costs right like we realized that we overspent in certain areas without needing to in the first year or didn't negotiate some of the prices as well as we should have yeah um and we got we got everything down again and um again like i I hold myself responsible for a lot of it We're, we're trying to source these sponsors that was one of my roles and just couldn't get one of the big ones on. Like we're trying for some of the big alcohol brands or the traditional festival uh, sponsors. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite get those. But then at the time, man, this was it was so it was 2012, and 360 was just starting. You know, the rapper at, at the time he was
0: love a bit of 360.
1: He, he was like really starting to. Yeah, that, yeah, man. He was um doing great things. He was he was kind of very much like just it was at the point where if you're looking to book an artist and they're on that like. They're starting to rise really quickly. Yep. Yep. So we had him booked in at a great rate, like ten percent of what we paid for Angus and Julia Stone the year before. Awesome. And it was like it was like yes, like we're we're looking good here. That's a winner. And then um, so he was locked in, and we had uh, Eskimo Joe and Washington, all three of them for the same price as Angus and Julia Stone. Wow. And then at the last little uh, at the last little bit, uh, three sixty got signed for Groove and the Moo. Which is you know the big regional tour around all of Australia, so that's, multiple states. That's where I last deal. saw him too. <laughs> yeah, 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 man, I saw him there too, man. At Groove in the move that year, and he yeah. was just playing these. He played the massive tent at Bendigo. And I was just packed that's out. That's it. That's it. Um, but he had a like he he had a which is fair enough. Like it's a national tour, so he took that, and and they had you know exclusivities around him playing other regional shows within that period. So yeah, right. It, it took him off our bill, and that was like our big thing. And without. The key sponsors, we ended up um, uh, sort of calling it off, unfortunately. And then sort of Jamie pushed on it with a little bit more, but we um, we just didn't quite get there. So that I think that's one for both of us, which we we learned a lot of lessons from it. And we're both really proud and, and happy with, with yeah, um, some of the things we achieved. But there's, I think there's there's still things there we want we want to do. So
0: yeah, a and, lot of
1: these unrequited things, like you can see with XMag and
0: <laughs> Yeah, 360, no, exactly, called,
1: where we we try and do it again. Um, we'd love to do it well one day so yeah and and look
0: uh, do you, like this is something that i really want everybody listening to take away as well so the the first show you got the worst weather you could get it it didn't turn a massive profit for you you went back you tried it again you had the headline act pull out do you regret it do you regret doing it no no we don't no, no I, of I don't think
1: not. either of us would say that so definitely not the lessons the lessons were massive like the first year we we didn't we didn't just not turn a profit. Like we, we had we had to pay back debts. So, mm. um, and that was hard for a 23 and sort of 24 year old. But we paid it all back, and I know we're both really proud that we we did that because it's it's like a lot of festivals will often just you know declare bankruptcy and, and not yeah. pay people back. But yeah, we felt it was really important to do the right thing. Um, but I think so often failure will be such a dirty word, and people are so hesitant to call anything. To say that they failed, or just steer clear of it, when often it's it's not as bad as it sounds. Like it, I think it's really key to be able to move along from things that don't go right. Recognise that that maybe it is a, is you failed, and it's either something's a success or it's a it's a failure. Like it, it's there's a lot of fear attached to that that uh, that sort of language. Yeah. When it's not necessarily like failing's not a bad thing. You're you're often going to skip from from failure to failure to failure as you grow. So you can imagine like a straight Golf drive down the middle of the fairway is is a straight shot, but failure might just be going from side to side, but you're still moving your way down the down sort of the fairway, sort of so to speak. So
0: that's a fantastic yeah, analogy, I, mate. I, I love that. That's I, awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think you want to miss it. Like I think there's this other awesome um, Michael Jordan quote where he talks about how many times he's been entrusted with over like he'd he missed over yes, three thousand yes. shots in his career and had been entrusted with the game winning shot on twenty twenty occasions and, and missed the shot. Yep. And he sort of puts his failures as testament to the reasons why he succeeded and wanting to get better and and, and learning from those. So Exactly. Um, yeah, I always try and be really upfront with the occasions when you've you've come up short and, and failed and not feel bad about Sort of saying
0: it exactly right. Um, no regrets, and that's that's what I want everybody to take away from. Uh, you've you've started a magazine. You you had a magazine. You you've run and you've you've built music festivals. You've done all these things. You know they haven't turned you into a millionaire, but you don't regret them. You had a great time. You learned lots of lessons. It's it's awesome life experience, and that's what I want people to take away. Is if if you have an idea, if you want to do something, don't not do it. Um, I, put a, I put a great quote up on, uh, on Instagram only just the other day saying, um, don't be scared about failing because it's better to start rather than not start at all. And uh, that's what I want yeah. people to take away because, uh, yeah, definitely don't want regrets. Get out there, have a go, and uh, give it a crack.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Give it, give it a shot, back yourself. Don't, don't feel embarrassed if it doesn't come up short. Like it's, That is so much better and you're going to progress so much more and be so much better for it rather than having... Um, They're not giving a shot at all and and even like I mentioned a little bit uh, myself like I I was maybe like those two things slipped up and I'm thinking oh what like what I just I maybe I just don't have it and and you still have doubts and and um and sort of insecurities but even even now man and probably in the past three years and that eat ups now started to grow and and hopefully look at something that's going to be able to help a lot of people I often think like those years where x mag and the festival were on were so exciting and i took so much from them and, and almost the previous two or three to eat up i really didn't do much like i think i was probably a little bit nervous and hesitant to try and get out there and and give it a shot through fear of, of slipping up yeah and yeah. i'm i'm kind of more regretful of that period where i didn't try anything and maybe didn't pick up a lot of new experiences where they whether they were good or bad yeah exactly. um that that's the period where i'm like oh, why didn't i Give something a shot there. Like I had all these ideas then, and I didn't pursue any of them with as much aggression and and um, as sort of gung ho. Let's get after it as, yeah. as I did initially. And that now that eat up is starting to push on. I've tried to bring a lot of that that back, and and I think that's one of the key reasons. Like we've just gone after these these big goals and just put them out there, and and um that, and inevitably you sort of you seem to be able to attract them, and you don't always get the whole way there, but you certainly get it get a lot further than you would if you kind of just um, didn't try at
0: all. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Get out there and have a go, people. It's definitely worth it. All right, mate. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, absolutely loved having you on the show. Before we do let you go, though, um, what do the next few years look like for Up? Where do you want to see it uh, heading in the next few years?
1: Oh, well, thanks so much uh, for having me on, Anthony. I really appreciate the opportunity to, um, to be on and, and speak, to, speak to your listeners um eat up like I, the big goal for eat up is national and i, I again getting back to that uh failure and responsibility like i truly believe that the eat up model has the ability to help hungry kids around australia and if it doesn't do that within three years like i'm the reason i'm i'm the one who's failed like if it i, I haven't been able to deliver on what it's what it's capable of that's that's my feeling right now so i've got one semester of uni left I'm trying to get after growing it as fast as we can and putting the operational uh, elements in place to be able to, to be able to attract or be able to support these 50 schools with before term two which is essentially the end of that my final semester at uni yep and then I, I'd really love to if, if I can prove that the model works we would have been in country and, and uh, metropolitan schools by then I hope that we can generate the support that will create um a, a, a legitimate organization from which EDUP can can grow from so 50 schools by the the mid this year I'd, I'd like to be in an interstate school by the end of 2016 so the following term following that um, and then I'd, I'd like to be in sort of an, an extra two states uh New South Wales will, will most likely be the next one um after Victoria but it Eat up! It's I really it's the needs national, so it just seems obvious to me that we've got to create it. Like it's the scale of Eat Up and its ability to replicate itself is is its strong point. I think. What and can what can people do? Other,
0: so. What can people do to help you reach that goal, mate? If uh, you want to get it into fifty schools, you want to get it uh, interstate throughout Australia. Obviously, the uh, the biggest um, Australia's got the most listeners for this podcast. What can people do to uh, to help you reach those goals? Is there anything we can do?
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Like, so much of, if, if you're in a community where you know there's a school there that needs help, uh, get in contact with, with you. i I can give you my, so my email for everyone out there is just lyndongalia at gmail.com. Like, I'd really love to speak to anyone who's interested or just wants to have a chat. And that's, it's spelled L-Y-N-D-O-N-G-A-L-E-A. Awesome. Um, so, so let us know if there's a school out there, if there's a teacher. Like, I think, Franchising, almost not. So it's not traditional business franchising, but if we can get people who want to lead the Eat Up model in their own community, if they're in another com- country towns in particular, um, let us know because we've got this framework. A lot of food share and food bank outlets are located in regional communities as well as metro, so we can help you there and, and we can w- get it started together and help these kids. Um, we're going to be finishing our website, so we've got a really basic website up at that moment, which is just eatup.org.au. So we're going to be trying to source public um, funding support soon. We're working on getting our, our DGR status. But one of the key things about Eat Up uh, is, Anthony, and the reason we've been able to grow is it's really cost effective. So to break down that model, like uh, as, as Food Bank, all that food's free, the preparation of the TAFE students, that all comes voluntarily, no cost associated for us. And the TAFE students themselves, they, they really are passionate about helping their own local schools. Often they went to those same schools. And also, a lot of TAFE students will have to commit to a certain number of volunteer hours, so it's helping them to achieve that, and they're doing it on campus, so it's really easy for them. Oz Harvest deliver food directly to in need um, uh, charities and bases, so they're sort of they do all that pro bono for us, and they're sort of working their operator interest. So it's really lean from a cost perspective. So we we, we're not like a lot of traditional charities would have to source a heap of funding. To get national that there will be you know the funding attached to that but it's it's not an insurmountable number so Mm. we've tried to make Eat up like it's like we we talked about the idea of coming from the country kind of like you've worked with what you've got and you make it you make it work and and that's like we didn't have any money when we started Eat up so that's it needed to operate without any sort of cash injection yeah Um, and that's how it sort of still runs today so the key ones would be if people can identify us to introduce us to schools uh, food bank has if you're if you're at a TAFE or have a connection to a TAFE where well, they think they might want to help us prepare sandwiches um, that's key if, if you know sort of food donors who want to who donate food um, that's key as well and and ultimately I think I'd really love like eat up in the longer term the three years like you spoke of to be one element of what we do so I'd really love to have a, an overarching social organization that works on a, a lot of like to, brings a lot of this sort of entrepreneurial business-based thinking to try and combat social issues and food insecurity and eat up would be one of those like I'd really love to think that maybe we can create other initiatives that are similarly successful in the fields of uh, education in the terms of uh, school dropouts in uh, in reading levels in uh, in sort of in the close the gap initiatives there's there's all sorts of things I'd really love um, to love to try and sort of help with that that's what I get excited about that's what I'm I'm really, really passionate about and I get the most um, satisfaction, I guess, in in saying you've you've worked towards. So that's that's what I'd I'd like Eat Up to evolve into.
0: Lyndon, absolutely of everything that you're about, mate. You're doing an absolutely fantastic job. I'll make sure that all the links to everything we've mentioned in this episode, uh, your email, uh, make sure that everybody can contact you. All those details will be in the show notes for this episode. So as Lyndon said, if you want to uh, help out your local school, if you know a school that needs help, if you know kids that are heading to school hungry, uh, Eat Up is here to help and you can get stuff started. Contact Lyndon, talk to your teachers, and uh, we will... uh, uh, help grow, eat up, and uh, get them uh, interstate throughout Australia. Lyndon, absolutely fantastic having you on the show, mate. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely have to get you back sometime in the uh, future to see how it's all going.
1: Oh, fantastic, mate. I'd love that, and-, and thanks so much. I'm really grateful for the, the opportunity. I, I appreciate, it and I- yeah, love the podcast, mate. So I'll be, I'll be tuning into all the episodes for sure.
0: Well, a huge thanks to Lyndon for sharing his story. I don't know about you, but. Uh, He's a pretty awesome dude doing a pretty awesome job um, helping young kids, and uh, yeah, really do wish eat up all the best and as we mentioned, if you are in Victoria uh, or any state in Australia for as a matter of fact, and you want to do something about helping young kids go to school uh, with something in their belly, get to school, have a feed, then uh, do check out the links that will be in the show notes for this episode. Talk to your teachers, talk to your parents, and uh, let's really try and give Lyndon a helping hand in getting Eat up uh, interstate throughout Australia, and who knows, he may even take it international. Thanks again to Lyndon. Awesome interview. Loved every minute of it. Hope the uh, Twitches with um, Skype weren't too bad, and um, it's time to share my top three learnings from this episode. Learning number one, you don't need money to start. It doesn't matter what you're doing, guys. Uh, With Eat Up and Linden, he didn't have a whole pile of cash just sitting there that he poured into this business idea. He went out, he sourced people who could help him, there were other um, community funds and community organisations and other people out there which were able to help him get his business idea up off the ground. He didn't have to invest a whole heap of money in it. Same with myself and open for business. Different situation, different type of business, but again, I didn't have to pour loads of money into it to get things started. So if you've got an idea, if you want to start a business, if you want to do something, don't be limited, don't be held back by the fact that you don't have any money to start with. There are many ways. Look around, talk to people, which is where learning number two comes into play. Talk to other people about your idea and about your business. Communicate and network. Talk to your family, friends, teachers, whoever it might be, because there's opportunities out there that you don't realize exist. Talking to other people can allow you to really... Gain a step up, go to the next level with your idea or your business because people out there will know things that you don't know and be able to help you in ways that you don't realize yet. So make sure that you talk and communicate and network with other people to really take the next step and um, get ahead with your idea or your business. And that leaves us with top learning number three, which is give it a go. Get out there, guys. Give it a go. Give it a crack. Lyndon did it. I'm doing it. There's so many other people that are out there giving it a go, doing something they're passionate about. Don't let things hold you back. It's not worth regretting it later. Um, if I can, yeah, like with Linden, take, for example, the X mag that he started here in Shepparton and uh, music festivals. Like This guy, he was just out of school. He was in his early 20s. He's our age and he's done, he started a magazine for young people. Then he's gone out and he's built a music festival, which he was going to have all these awesome headlining acts at. Um, it's possible. You can do it. Believe in yourself. Bit of motivation and uh, get out there and give it a go, guys. That is the top three learnings for this week. I want to know what your top learning was from this episode. Share it with us, leave it in the comments, hit me up on Twitter, send an email, whatever it might be. I want to know what your top learning was from this episode. All right, before we wrap up for this episode, I have to say thanks again to Enterprising Partnerships for making this show possible, for making this episode possible. Really do appreciate it. Now, I have to mention that the Getting Down to Business program is for 16 to 25-year-olds in Victoria, Australia, but the Enterprising Partnership website has loads of information um, and has heaps of things that they can do to help other young people and other businesses no matter where you are, so please do check them out. Um, They do lots of other things, they run lots of other programs, they have meetups, and uh, they really do a fantastic job helping us young people uh, live up to our dreams and, and build on our dreams and turn them into a reality. So thanks to EP, and we will definitely be bringing you more episodes, thanks to EP, in the coming weeks. All right, next week's show is a solo show. It's just you and me, it's going to get personal. Next week we are talking about websites so last week we spoke about creating the perfect domain name links to that will be in the show notes if you want to listen to that one Next week, we're talking websites, so different types of websites, different ways in which you can do it yourself, pay someone else to do it, and uh, really breaking it down and making it nice and easy for you to decide which type of website, which platform, which um, program will work best for you. So check that one out. If you uh, don't want to miss another episode of the podcast, head over to iTunes and click that little subscribe button. Would really appreciate it. If you uh, have any thoughts, comments, criticism about this show, please leave a comment in the show notes under episode 15. Would really love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, and I hope you do, please feel free to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Really does help boost this show up the rankings and uh, helps more young people along the way. Uh, Share it with your friends, guys. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Tell them what you heard. If you think they can get some value or benefit from this podcast, share away. I would really love it if you could do that. All right, that's enough from me. It's been a long episode. It's been a big episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, stay motivated, keep working towards your goals, and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye for now.